So uh, we got a bandwagon fan here, guys. Yeah. Once again, Nick, hop on. It's hop a, non, on a, a non-sports bandwagon. I actually can't. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I can't find a bandwagon that Nick's jumped on in the past. Now that I think about it, Thank Stranger you. Things. But this is the first. Like he's just like, Stranger oh, Stranger Things so season two. Everybody's talking about eleven and nine. I assume all of them have number names. I'm gonna start. You know, I'm gonna it's start. Actually eight. I'm keeping it. Keeping a list. Of Nick things that he has bandwagon onto. Okay, so we'll that's a good thing to have. For us. I'm yeah. gonna think back to other things he's done in the past, but yeah, uh, I'm just you know I'm not a Stranger Things guy. I don't really have any interest in watching the show. I I don't feel like I'm missing out on much. I'm, I feel like I, okay, this is what I'll say. I feel like I'm missing out just because like Twitter is such a big part of my life, and like everybody's talking about Stranger Things on Twitter right now. It's a pop and it's culture just phenomenon. Is, it's just is, like, annoying. If you really, are, if annoyed by it, you can mute those words, and then it won't pop up on your feet. That's true. That's a lot of work. Right, it's a lot of work. Though. All right, guys, Nick, you, uh, say, you, you say you're not a Stranger Things guy. What I say to that is, you're not a Stranger Things guy until you watch Stranger Things. And I'm not, I didn't hop on the bandwagon. I watched season one last last October and didn't say anything about it. No, Never heard word. Nick say a Never single heard, word. I think it was the first season two think, to come out. I think out. it was before we started doing costumes. I'm just saying, but I've known you since fourth grade. In the last two months, so the before we started doing costumes means yeah. nothing to me. The last two months when we when Stranger Things has been building momentum towards the release, how many times was it mentioned on the podcast or by Nick in person at all? Here I'm gonna go think back at uh, zero. Zero. That'd be zero. zero. Well, we can talk about it right now, guys. Stranger Things season two. It came out on Netflix on October 27th for just for Halloween weekend. Perfect timing. Perfect, perfect show. Uh, really love Stranger Things, and Jesse and Sully don't watch it, and I feel bad for them because it's so easy to watch. It's right there on Netflix. It's streaming. All the episodes are there. You don't, you don't even have to wait a week. It's all there. You can watch it at your own pace, your own time. And I think you know what else happened on October twenty seventh? Two better things happened. Yeah. The Ty Dolla Sign album came out, and the Big Crit album came out. <laughs> I've been listening to those. Yeah. Instead of That's watching fair. Stranger Things. Also, was in the midst of the World Series, so maybe a little more important. Yeah. But I watched one of the episodes actually after their game. For win, so you know you can do both in one day if you want you to. You must have really been depressed. Uh, no, it was, it, they want daughters won, so I was happy. So I wanted to watch I mean, Stranger Things. Anyway, but isn't it like, supposed to be like spooky and stuff? And stuff. It's, <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun show. All I'm saying is you guys got to check it out. It's a fun uh, show. Millie Bobby Brown, star of the show. She's 11. She had a great rap on uh, J- uh, Jimmy Fallon. If you guys probably need to watch the show first to fuck Jimmy Fallon to appreciate oh whoa whoa what's that what's that about he's got some aggression towards Jimmy let's hear it you can't just say that I mean if you want to get political on the podcast it's it's a politics thing I I mean I get I've been watching Jimmy since late night and late night Jimmy was my I haven't watched tonight's show in a a long time half of that and half you know I got a rep ABC yeah that's fair fair. alright Kimmel there you go I'm saying Kimmel gang till I die essentially or until I get a new job I um, that's fair. Kimmel's good too. He's the, he's I got love dog. for Kimmel. He's the man. I got love for Kimmel. Fallon, all right, like I late night, with... late night with Jimmy Fallon was incredible. He it, when he had late night when Jay Leno was still at the Tonight Show. Yeah, late night was so good. He well, all right. So you know, he got the roots, which is just like something I've always always been salty about. It's like all right, like you can't top that as far as a band goes. And then on on top of that, like I love Fever Pitch growing up. It was like one of those really bad movies that I like really, really yeah, enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. Like watched way too many times. Yeah. You know? And so that I also like enjoyed him, but because of more recent events. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand that. But also more recent events um, in China, in fact, we've had some trouble with the UCLA men's basketball team. Yo, big burglar brand in the building. <laughs> big burglar Three members were I'm arrested. I'm so surprised Jesse's excited yeah. about this. Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> Three members of the uh, men's team arrested. Um, but the one, the only, the only one anyone's talking about essentially is Jello Ball. You know, like yo, you, you just had to go steal the Louis Vuitton belt. Like you couldn't get a triple <laughs> I think B it was belt. Sunglasses. 
Um, Sorry, you can't get way, triple B yeah. sunglasses. It, it didn't really make much sense, and you know, I'm gonna let for all the, I'm gonna let all the details come out before I really comment on this because I just think it's unfair to them because they're gonna I'd like you know they get hammered by the press right now. Yeah, you know, like every news station, first story in LA, local news was about him doing this, and it's like to me, stupid thing to do, you know. Um, and especially in China where the laws are so strict, like not really well thought through, you know, you don't ever really think about that thing when you're shoplifting, you're not thinking in the first place, but it's like unfortunate that it happened to the ball family. Cause it's just, you know, they're always, you know, they're fighting so hard to, you know, come out of the area that they're in now, especially LeVar. And then it had this stuff in LiAngelo while he's at UCLA before their very first game of the season. So tough. I know you really probably don't care that much. Well, this is the thing. The, the thing about it is... Would I still know about, like, yeah, USC fans would still absolutely trash UCLA for this. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't LiAngelo, like, these people, like, it wouldn't be nearly no. as big a story. No. If it wasn't a ball, like, that's just what made it. And this is another thing where LeVar, being who he is, is coming back to bite him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's biting the family because this wouldn't be a story. This is even biting UCLA. This this wouldn't be as big a story if it wasn't a Ball family member. Yeah, and that is lame. You know, Leonardo Ball of the six freshmen coming in these class, he's the sixth rated overall, and you know he's not bad. I think he certainly deserves to be at UCLA, but mm. it's you don't think so? You don't think he's good enough? I don't think he's a. I don't think he's enough. I don't think he's good enough to play at UCLA if he wasn't a Ball. If he wasn't a Ball, he wouldn't be. I don't think he, 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 he would have got a full scholarly, but I think yeah. he's certainly good enough to play in the Pac-12 and good enough to play at UCLA. I think he'd go play at Oregon it's gonna State. It's going to be tough to, you know. Make it to the yeah, league with stat line zero points, zero rebounds, only one steal. You know, it's that's tough. The, the classic joke. I've, I've been enjoying that one. Yeah, that's good. There's some there's some good memes about it. I think big burglar brand, as you said. Yeah, but I think so. You, you kind of mentioned it. You know, and well, you guys both mentioned it. Uh, the idea that Lavar has kind of elevated this brand to something that a lot of people want to tear down. And so when one thing goes wrong, when, when there's one opportunity like this, um, sort of like a low level thing, but still people are going to rush to tear that down and tear down the ball family. Uh, they, they talked to LeVar about it, and he said he's not too worried. Everything will work out. Um, yeah, he said everyone's making a bigger deal about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, at the, same, at the same time, you know I watch Ball and the Family a lot, and LiAngelo... <laughs> do on, you? I, I think I do, yeah. LiAngelo is on that show, and I'll be the first to admit, Jello of the Three Brothers is probably the one with not as much going up going on up in the, in the old noggin. So, okay. <laughs> just based on his interviews. Yeah. So it's not totally surprising that it was him doing this, it's tough for UCLA, obviously, but I think it'll all be okay. It'll blow Listen, over. These guys, I mean, I'd never, maybe the other two are good. I, I haven't heard of them. So like, I mean, they're at UCLA, and they had a top 10 recruiting class, so they can't be bad. Like, how like how much are they going to play? You know what I'm saying, like, is my question. And, like, how much is it going to hurt the team if if they can't play? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the question that I'm asking. Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, Jello, he's not, and this is, I'm saying this, I don't think he's that he's good enough to impact a game on a regular basis. No, I think you're, you know. He can maybe one game at a time, but yeah, I agree with you with that. And we'll see, you know, I think college now, you have that kind of the platform where you have so many big chip recruits, you don't really know what you got until they're in camp, so it does yeah. certainly shift the the way the game works. Yeah, and this happened in China, a place where you might find a panda bear or a panda friend, the nickname for former Laker Ron Artest, oh. who was number 37 when he came to the Lakers, and believe it or not, this is episode 37 of Cautiously Optimistic. Yeah. What up? Cautiously optimistic, my favorite podcast of all time. Welcome wow, that's back. a that's quite a Nick segue there. As always, I'm Sully Angles. And I'm Jesse Bromel, and I love that this is the it's the Ron Artest episode. This yeah. isn't the Meta World Peace episode. Yeah, Thirty seven was Ron Artest. Moment of silence for the champions, for those who make going hard a lifestyle. Never wait for nothing.
can turn the lights down. Only a champ swing the hardest in the 12th round. I love the fourth quarter. I love the ninth inning. I love game seven. Bring on the competition. Cause in my heart, can nobody do it better? Can't slow me down. Won't stop me never. Yeah. And so this is the Ron Artest episode. Yeah, Ron. The jersey he uh, won a championship in with the yeah. Lakers. So. I was looking at it, like Ron. I, I say I almost said I was looking up, but I didn't look it up because Ron Artest was posting it himself. He was posting some of his old stats from like his first three or four years in the league. Dog was a monster before that fight. Yeah, he was like a beast. 25, 10, and 10 almost type. He numbers. was a beast. You know, he and was the best defender show. on the court. That's what I mean. On top yeah. of that, dude. So when he was on the Pacers there. He even said, you know, self-admittedly said that the fight almost ruined his career because he never really was the same player after that. And he's kind of got, to me, I think the, a player we're seeing go through that today, although they didn't have a, any type of traumatic event like that, is like Lance Stevenson. Someone who was like so, so good at the start of his career and then like just is lost for a couple of years. And now yeah. he's kind of re-emerging yeah. in a sense, but it was, it was weird, you know. But shout out, you know, he's the man. Exactly. And shout both out. of you guys have met him as well. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Great at, guy, yeah. At, together, what was it you guys at? What was it called? Salad Salad Dish. Salad Dish. Salad Dish. Salad Dish. I, I don't think got, that exists anymore. No, it's something else now. But he, he was the sponsor of Salad Dish for, I think, two years in a row. Jesse and I went over to Pasadena right there in Old Town to meet up with him. Good guy. I actually got a chance to interview him for a story at the newspaper I used to work for. Uh, he was helping out kids who were, you know, homeless or, you know, in abusive situations. So mm-hmm. he was playing basketball with them. I've always had a lot of respect for uh, Ron after that, or Meta, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and obviously, shout out uh, Ron, as he was called, when he hit that uh, game icing three in game seven of the 2010 finals. One of the biggest yeah. shots in Laker history, in our Laker history. And, so. and now, currently, Ron is the head coach of the South Beach Lakers, which wraps us all in. Let's talk about the real Lakers. Some NBA action, and you know, going from the balls and Ron Artest, now we have our most important ball. Going from the balls. Mm-hmm. That's what we do every day on the podcast, Jess. Uh huh. From the balls, baby. Yep. Big baller brain. Okay. Well, Lonzo that, Ball. Okay, so then we just went a little extra there. <laughs> anyway, um, Lake but, Show. Ten games in, five hundred record. Last three games, three wins at home. Playing well, playing better, playing better defense. This is going to be a huge stretch for us coming yeah, up. I three mean, three big so games. So tonight, I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be yesterday. But um, Celtics tonight. Then we got the Wizards and the Bucks, mm-hmm. all on the road. Yep. Those are probably, those are three of the four best teams in the Eastern Conference in my eyes. And probably two of the top five point guards in the league right there, depending on who you ask. Kyrie. Kyrie, Wall. Wall. Yeah. I mean, they're both yeah. tough matchups. And yeah. Lonzo tonight against Kyrie, that's going to be, you know, that's a tough test. Like, that's one of the toughest like Lonzo, And the Celtics are hot right yeah, now. Yeah, I feel like Lonzo hasn't been guarding the point guards as much, though, in, in the recent games. <laughs> yeah, they, that's true. And he'll obviously, be matched up against at some point. Yeah, like, yeah, there's just, it's inevitable that they will match up. And Kyrie. it's easier to, it's like, you know, like you see it in the playoffs more often than in the regular season, but they mm-hmm. find ways to switch you and get whatever matchup yeah. they want. Yeah, so I mean, if they really saw, wanted to, they could get Kyrie on Lonzo as much as they want. We saw the other night in Washington, LeBron matchup on John Wall. I don't know if you're watching that game, but they just kept switching LeBron yeah. on John Wall, and it just wasn't. They could just couldn't do anything about it at some point. Obviously, that's not a matchup that Lonzo's going to have because he's bigger than both Kyrie and John Wall. I, I believe he's like probably an inch taller than John Wall. John Wall's always surprisingly big. I feel like that's the thing. Yeah, whenever and, I, I mean, watch he's him, just, he's stronger. That's what I mean. They're yeah, both stronger. They're than both than stronger than him, and both just more well equipped in the NBA game at this point. So it'll be a good test. Probably the best two players he's played so far, besides Dame Lillard. Yeah. Um, so and, and he has seen he, did, he has so. seen Wall before. So yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. I don't know. I'm ex- this like you know, Lake, the Lakers team the last two years, three years, they'd have like stretches where like ah, this is fun, but it's like it was fun in the sense that like you know it's not going anywhere. You know, it's like 
this is cool, but what are we doing? And this year's team is fun because it's like the future. And yeah, you can see it where it's like going. seems like the trend is going. It seems like, yeah, there seems like there's an actual direction for the team rather than just like going out there and like doing whatever they do for 40 minutes and letting Nick Young shoot. Yeah, um, you, got the, you got the new front office, the exactly, Magic and yeah, Rob. Just, they, they know what the vision is. They know what I mean. they're doing. And it, things, are, things are feeling really cautiously optimistic. I, I have to say, you know, we're cautiously optimistic about it. And like, whereas, in, whereas in the past, you know, the, Mitch Kupchak, would make some interesting moves, such as signing Luol Deng uh, yeah. to that contract, handcuffing the Lakers. So, so far, Magic and Rob have gotten rid of the Mozgov contract, at least, but Deng is still there, not playing. Luke is not playing him, because, of course, you know, what we got with the young guys. And why would you? Deng now is saying that he he's kind of causing a little stir in the Lakers' uh, situation right now, yeah. saying he wants to be traded or play, because he can't prove himself if he's not playing. Yeah. He understands the situation, but he just doesn't feel like it's fair to him. I understand him, but at the same time, you're professional. You just gotta like go with the flow. I, th- I hope the Lakers can figure out a way to get a buyout for him or something. But I mean, yeah, I just you know part of it is like I don't understand what his vision signing for your contract in this team thinking that like you know, yeah. he's like at the well, point of his career like where are you like he okay, took the money obviously I, yeah I, I get that but like other people would have offered him money and uh, and now he's sitting here like well I guess I shouldn't have taken that much money if I really wanted to play like if that's what really mattered yeah, I mean, you got to yeah, think about that it's about longevity time. in the career so if you can take a smaller contract in that sense and prove your worth by being able to play on a good take team, a one or a two year yeah why wouldn't you just continue to do that we've seen a lot of people obviously you know that's it's not bottom line is a dumb decision by the Lakers to sign him to that amount of money and I also don't think that this Luol Deng asking for a trade really is even a really distraction. I think everybody it's on the team already knew, fans already knew, like, there's no place for him on this team right now. So, like, I I mean, I almost respect him for actually coming out and saying it out loud. Yeah. Like, do it. And, I like, mean, let's get a trade a, for him. Let's get him off the books if we can. Yeah, yeah. Looking, looking around the league, same type of situation going on that now has been fixed to, uh, well, not fixed, but a trade has gone through. Eric Bledsoe was just unhappy with the Suns. You know, he was... Arguably, their second best player behind Devin Booker. You know, they're probably the most well-rounded player on the team. Also said, "quote I don't want to be here." Yeah, his string of tweets. Whether or not that was from the hair salon or yeah. not. You <laughs> <Right>? know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just you know that was more of a controversy thing because that was like a team that was trying to build towards the future. Now the Bucks have him, and that's in my mind, it's a pretty pretty dang good pickup. I think. I it's, like- it's so interesting to me though because I mean, our, so they they trade Greg Monroe. Yeah. So their big guy is Henson now. Mm-hmm. And like, I loved Henson coming out of college, but like, is John Henson really that dude that's gonna like mm-hmm. be? And like, you could put Giannis there, I guess. I mean, he's six eleven. The Bucks are is, interesting, like, yeah, because the Bucks, as you mentioned, like Henson, not a traditional center. Monroe wasn't gonna fit in that style yeah. of play. They're they're one of the biggest like shape shifting teams. They all are like six eight guys, all five of their starting yeah, guys. Seriously, and so. Um, I mean, actually, Bledsoe will be like the shortest guy in the starting lineup now. Obviously, a point guard would be, but usually it's like same high guys that yeah. the Bucks do. I thought it was an interesting move. I like the move for the Bucks. Obviously, it kind of sends some talent back to the Eastern Conference, which the Eastern Conference needs. And the Bucks now have a really interesting team with Giannis, MV, early MVP candidate, an actual point guard, Bledsoe, who's coming off a career year, re-energized in a new situation. Um, when they get Jabari back, that's another guy. Well, what happens to Brogdon now too? Yeah, I mean, just well, more see, talent. This more issue, talent. yeah, it's not. There's no issue of having more talent. It's just like. When you have wings like that, I feel like you can continue to rotate them. The issue is like when you have too much of like a very specific, like a big man position or a point guard position where like it kind of causes some kind of unbalance. But yeah, I, I, like I agree with you, Nick. Like just piling up on talent like that. Greg Monroe is great for that team. I remember watching last year specifically, specifically in the playoffs, him coming in off the bench and they would kind of really just switch up the pace. They'd feed him in the post and that was nice. It worked for that team. But the future of the Bucks is to run and to have length and to have someone like Bledsoe who, Essentially, it would be like six four, six five point guard in some of their stretches with Giannis on the side and Brogdon too in there. Like, it's 
going to be a nasty team. And I think they're thinking more towards the future. Plus, Greg Monroe is about to get bought out by the Suns, so it's not to say that he can't go back and Well, they're going to try and flip him, they said. They're going to try, but realistically, with the contract he has, I think it's hard. And if Monroe, if, if that's what happens, they buy him out and Monroe goes right back to the Bucks. That's what I mean. Like, that's the, a great thing for yeah, them. Yeah, then it just works. gave up two for, I mean, I think, can, like, a, like, protected pick on two other unprotected picks, so. It just seems, I'm just, I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to work. I'm just very interested to see how it works. Yeah, I mean, it's. Like, looking back at just other big trades in the NBA, this one probably not as big, but then, like, looking at Cousins going to New Orleans. Remember last year, we thought the world of it. At least I know I did. I thought it was going to be a dominant force, and they just haven't really worked out, you know? Maybe it's because they don't really have a point guard leading that team, but I think this is a trade that is a little easier and, like, more balanced just because it's a wing, and it's not, like, a, a, a man that needs the ball all the time. I'm personally really excited about the Bucks now. Uh, you know, Bledsoe can offer them shooting, which they didn't really have. And now they're a team to contend with the Cavs in a way because the Cavs are struggling now. You know, it's, it, I like that there's more competitiveness yeah. in these. Oh, the East is now. open. Although the Cavs yeah. did just beat the Bucks last night, but well, now they yeah, have yeah. the players, so they're yeah. And uh, you know, as we're talking about East is open, Cavs really struggling. We had the LeBron angry Arthur meme that you know, put social media on fire. Then he comes back with another one saying, "Oh, I do this all the time." LeBron just being LeBron, he always kind of does these like shady Instagram things every once in a while. Shady. He caused a stir, like shady. Like he, they're hilarious. Why would you not do that? Like you, like see, so you're taking the media approach of this and getting your like panties in a bunch. There, like, oh, I don't know what he's doing. I don't have a read. I think it's like, funny, but he's just having fun with it. I love LeBron. On Everybody media. overreacted so much to everything that LeBron does. And I mean, I get it. He's the biggest athlete in the world. Like he's he's that guy. But it's like. Yo, he posted a meme. Yes, I mean. And then like, everybody's like, oh, I, I know exactly what LeBron is thinking I mean, when he's yeah. doing it. It's like, you don't. Yo, he could have been like, it, it could have been something like he went to McDonald's and the yeah, McFlurry I mean, machine yeah, was broken. Yeah, exactly. No, I get that. I'm saying like he does this to create a stir and that's what exactly what happened. You know, I would like, do the same thing. If I had a platform <laughs> like that and I was like up an athlete, obviously if you're like a media member and have a platform like that, it's a different thing. But if I was playing sports and a bunch of people followed me, I, why would you not just mess with people? Like, you know, like... It's so, like, people get so worked up and trying to understand athletes and trying to have, like, the inside scoop on everything. I would purposely bait people all the time into, like, looking up these stories and, and wasting their time because they're, they're, you can tell the difference between reporters that are really trying to, like, get to know someone and cover the story and ones that are digging and trying to find, like, oh, what's going wrong in your life? The TMZ-type style of reporting, so. Well, I'm sure, like, Windhorse didn't care about this at all. I mean, yeah, you didn't see, Windhorse like, knows Braun. And, but yeah. he has to deal with questions of it, too. You know? Yeah. And, like, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's just, like... Bron knows his platform. He knows everything he does is going to be scrutinized. And you're right. He probably is having fun with it. I just don't know. I don't know why he needs to do it. That's my personal thing. Like, it's it's funny, I guess. But I mean, that's the other thing is like we've never like no other stars have ever had a platform like this. You know, we don't know what yeah. MJ would have done on there. We don't know what Julius or Irving or Will Chamberlain or, or you know Bill Russell would have done when they were players and if they had the chance to use social media. So this is the first time yeah. anyone has ever seen a star being able to interact with a billion people at once. So it's, but it's it a, even on another thing with him is like he posts an Instagram, and it's like all the all the people in the, or were in the picture and Kevin Love wasn't. Now LeBron hates I mean, Kevin yeah. Love, and it's like yo, like chill. Yeah, like all right. Kevin Love was in the shower. Maybe who and knows? Same, and my like, guy, you still gonna end up picking the photo you look best in. If Kevin Love isn't it, he's not in it. You know, yeah. That's, everyone does that. <laughs> <laughs> There's still people, man. The thing they'll change. Yeah, but what do you guys think though about the Cavs right now? They just won recently, but they have been really struggling a lot on the defensive end. As we know, the Cavs have started slow in past years. Uh, we talked about this on even last year. We had a Cavs panic section mm-hmm. of our podcast. Um, well, you had it. I mean, my point was that there. <laughs> no, I, remember, I can't remember who. It was. I think uh, I, I know. I know that I was, I was calm about that. Yeah, you were yeah. more calm. Let's just so. let's keep it hundred. Last year, the whole year, I said never bet against LeBron. So, <laughs> like, we didn't even panic then. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, they've really they've been losing to some pretty bad teams. It is early. 
but this isn't the same team as it was last year. Like Dwayne Wade, not looking like Dwayne Wade. He had a nice game, but he's he's old. You know, yeah, he was old. Tristan he's, is out. He's been worked like to the bone. He's their only like energy guy on the boards, and now he's hurt with a kind of a weird injury. You know, he also was bad mm-hmm. all year. So far. yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying though. He might be just kind of tired. And this team is, has played like an extra whole season of playoffs the past three years. Yeah. So I mean, are you personally well, Laker fans? We know what that's like. Because, yeah, well, like, not not this year, but like yeah. the Kobe Shaq years, like they, I mean, Kobe's certain, played multiple seasons of playoffs. Yeah, there's a certain point that everyone hits. Um, I think the difference in you know between that, like you know, Kobe, you look at the young years with Shaq, and then they kind of go through that transitional phase. LeBron never had as much of a transitional phase with teams as these. You know, he just built, continued to build super teams. So it's a different league at this point. So for him, like. I don't know how much you can really panic 10 games in for any team. You know, there's a lot of teams that are middle of the road, you know, like Thunder 4 and 6. There's a lot of teams that are underperforming right now. Wizards are 5 and 5. Yeah, it's like, there's one thing that's like watching them play um, Milwaukee the other night. Milwaukee, if they want to think that they're a contender, you know. Bucks are only 4 and 6. That's what I mean, they, but they turned it on for that game. Yeah. Chaos won. Like, you know, that was just a little small moment where you can see like a little bigger game. You know, primetime game against a guy who's for the perennial MVP candidate right now. You know, LeBron, that's something he doesn't ever want to hear because he's the king and he wants to be MVP every year. I think they just have the ability to turn it on. And, and on top of that, it's a new team, so you, it takes time to mesh as well. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah, and you said it. LeBron is still LeBron. We saw him when he scored 57 the other night. Just mm-hmm. completely took over the game and was just clearly the best player in the world that night and showed it again. He can do that when he wants to, and he might be saving that for the playoffs, you know? LeBron is still LeBron. Jesse, you said earlier about us being Laker fans, we know what this is kind of about. As Laker fans also... Well, hold on. Well, One thing I want to say about the Cavs real quick yeah. is that the only thing that's worrying is the defense. And we haven't even talked about the fact that Isaiah Thomas has come back. That's so true. They, he's I mean, not going to help the defense, though. No, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, right. The <laughs> lockdown. That was, he's he's got his... He's going to put up 20 a game yeah. with the Cavs, but he is a liability defensively. So is that defense going to get fixed? Will they have... If they might fix it and then Isaiah comes back... And then it lapses again. The only thing that matters is that they're going to be in the playoffs. They just have to have be ready defensively for the playoffs. Yeah, well, but monitoring the situation here from LA, I think, is important for us because every Cavs loss, every Cavs struggle, is whether we like it or not, more fuel to the at least rumor of LeBron coming to LA. And if they don't make it to the finals again, that's a pretty big disappointment for them in the Eastern Conference. We've talked about the Bucks, Wizards, they're all good teams out there, but the Cavs should win the East. And if they don't, LeBron free agent you know it's all it might all come together it's it's something that i'm monitoring at yeah. least. i hope i mean as laker fans as bad as it sounds you want to see the Cavs kind of struggle because it's more idea yeah. that lebron I, might come to la i think and it's weird maybe my opinion has changed a little bit in the last 10 days watching this young lakers team but like adding lebron to any team obviously you're gonna get a lot better but like for the long-term goals of the Lakers. I don't know how much it helps them now. You know, I think I, you know, I wanted to see this team first. Obviously, you know, I was all in on LeBron's coming to LA, but like, I don't want to be a team that gets used and you know, kind of thrown to the winds afterwards. You know, you don't want to see what happened to the Heat for a couple seasons where like they had a good young core, then LeBron comes down and they kind of wipe it out. I mean, it's, or what happened to the Cavs after LeBron? And I'm not saying it's going to happen because we have Magic and we have a different front office. You know, LeBron certainly won't be able to come into Los Angeles and be able to control the roster with a snap of his fingers. It's a different situation here, but at the same time, it it certainly would be a setback for some of the younger guys, I think. I disagree. I think that LeBron coming, you said it's a different situation, rather than him controlling everything. This, If he comes to the Lakers next summer, it would be a situation of him recognizing an up-and-coming young team and him being a smart enough basketball player that he is to fit into that situation and really uplift the young guys. Yeah. The Heat was different because the Heat was all veterans. Uh, LeBron was the main guy, kind of taking the team over from Dwayne Wade. 
LeBron is now at the end of his career, or the tail end at least, and he would notice this young, these young guys you know, performing well, and that's that's what the key is for the Lakers this year to show that to show potential free agents this year that this is a team that is on the rise, and you should come play with us. I think so. Yeah, I, I just think just I think you're totally right on it. The one thing I think is that you're just assuming that LeBron will take a step back, and I don't think any star in NBA history has ever done that. I, that's what I'm I saying. I totally 100% agree. Like. Kobe should have done the same thing. Every star at a certain point in the career should do what Dirk Nowitzki has done because he's like literally the only superstar to ever do this. Take less money, realize what your role is on the team, and buy into that role and continue to be the best player to that ability. It's hard for me to see LeBron be like, oh, damn, okay, like I'm 32 now. Literally, we're just talking about this. Is, he just said the other day this is the best shape he's been in his career. Talking about how he looks like he the best player in the world. just put up 57. Why would a dude like that come to a team and be like, all right, I'm going to take a step back. I'll, I'll, you guys that's 100% not I'll, what he's going to yeah. do. I know. Well, let, let me just say one thing. LeBron is the kind of guy, he's probably one of, one of the best passers of all time as well. One of the best you know, basketball IQ guys mm-hmm. of all time. I think he's smart enough and good enough of a player to still be LeBron, but still mesh into a team and make everyone else better if he, if he were to come to the Lakers, you know what I mean? He, he would still, we would still need him sometimes to like win us games, but LeBron is a guy that, I don't think he would be self, he's not a selfish player at all. I'm not denying that, no one's denying, I think the thing with him is, why would he want to come to the Lakers with a young, why would he want to mesh into, he doesn't want to mesh into anything. Any team that he is a part of, he's a centerpiece of. For his entire career, it doesn't he doesn't matter. want to be the guy that we're going to need him to win games sometimes. He, that's not what he's got to be the guy. I mean, he's yeah, going to be doing like twenty four, eight and eight. Like a night. dream is situation is to have LeBron come in and purposely play to fit our team, but that's just never going to happen. I'm a little. It's more, not. I'm a little more optimistic of that th- sort of thing happening. We're a little but, cautious. Yeah, you're a little cautious. That's fine. I think Paul George fits better. He okay. certainly does yeah. in, in the sense there. I you mean, get a lot more long term option. Yeah, I mean. And we can build around, like, we, yeah, we have our team around him, and he becomes the, the guy, yeah, and then yeah. he's the guy that we go win a championship with. We'll see, we'll see. And really, when it comes down to it, we should just go get Chris Stops and, and... We, oh, if, <laughs> yo, if we had Porzingis, <laughs> We'd be you know nasty. how quick I would buy, th- all, I'd buy the home away and the <laughs> every, Sunday white. Every, I need a jersey for every day of the week if we get Chris That's Stops. That's what I'm saying, saying like, He's wild on this week. Most points... Nick History threw 10 games, 300 points. Incredible. Two game winners this week. At least pretty much locked up the game last night if you saw the highlights. Yeah. Um, I also I, love... I just wanted to get on him real quick because I love him and he's just been killing He's the so man. And I also want to just... Back to the Lakers. I love what Brooke Lopez has been doing. Oh, my goodness. I, if, I like, I'm, I'm on the Brooke train. Let's re-sign him. 100%. dude. <laughs> like, let's so get him board. Let's get him as our, as our championship. Three-point Brooke is the man. I don't know. I don't but know he's like, he's got him. energy. Like he's, he's like, he's beasting like, down do you, low what's, when he what's needs it to. Just like, like, he's got what, that jump hook. What he's, is like a better option for us? Like, you know, you have, I'll tell you, people, like, unless I'm, we can get boogie, like other than that. Don't get me wrong. Brooke is a great player. He's performing really well, but we have to realize again, why the Lakers even acquired Brooke Lopez. They did it to get rid of Mozgov's contract with an eye to the future of next summer signing free agent. Brooke is going to cost a lot of money. He's a great player. He's a good shooter as, from the center position. He, he, he's, he's having good stats on the Lakers, but would you rather have Brooke or LeBron? So you tell me. Okay, you go on that. You're gonna assume that LeBron in his career path will take a step back and not appreciate the team's worth, but Brooke Lopez would not be someone to do the same thing. You don't think You don't think if I, out of those exactly. two players, Brooke Lopez would be like, damn, this team is dope. I saw what we did all season, we have a bond. I'll take a little less money. Plus, you can get more money if you return the team you're on with the new NBA agreement. So he'd still be making more if he went to another team. Either way, I mean, that's just what I see about it. You know, I, I just think if any of those situations were to happen, it would be Brooke Lopez taking less money and returning to the Lakers and benefiting our own team. 
he's played so long with the Nets, losing year after year. <laughs> this guy, you think this guy doesn't want to win? If if we can get a yeah. Paul George and he's like, I can come back to this team, be the starting center on a team that's gonna make the playoffs with this young guys, so we're building something that could that, dominate for for years. Yeah, and maybe I'm getting too advanced in my analytics here, but if you ever looked at his like Instagram pages, this man is the simplest. You know, he doesn't. You know, he watches Cartoon Network, Lonzo Ball, Disney, about Disney. It. Yeah, this guy's a fun loving dude. He likes to hang out with his bros, chill, keep it pretty laid back. Stanford guy, smart dude, understands the situation. I understand how that doesn't work out more so than LeBron. Don't get me wrong. I love Brooke Lopez so far. We were all talking about D'Angelo Russell coming to Staples Center the other day for a revenge game. It was the Brooke Lopez revenge yeah, game against the Nets. That's what it turned into. Six in threes, here. yeah. Um, I'm just saying, if it comes down to it, where it comes down to a financial situation next summer, where the choice is Brooke or LeBron, I'm always going to take LeBron in that situation. <laughs> you put but, it like that. What? That's kind of, Who that's, was having that argument? No, that's that's the argument. That's what, Who that's, was having that's, the argument of Brooke or LeBron? That's, that's my. That, that could that's be. That's one player signing a max contract. No, no, that's guys. That's essentially what could happen. <laughs> It's no, when it comes down to it, when it comes, if, if you <laughs> yeah, could give me, if you give me LeBron or Jeremy Lin, I'm gonna take LeBron. <laughs> Call me crazy. I, that's an exaggeration, obviously, but it's not too far off from what's gonna happen next summer. If they want to sign one of those guys like Paul George or LeBron, Brooke is gonna deserve max so money. So you think Brooke that- is Brooke? These guys want to get their money. They're proud guys. They're proud players. They want to get what they're worth, you know? My guy's been getting... You're literally just talking about LeBron doing the opposite and then now Brooke Lopez can't do the same thing? No, no, There's no reason they can't sign both if Brooke Lopez took less money. That's what I'm saying. No, no. LeBron is not going to take less money. I just said Brooke Lopez. Okay, but I'm saying Brooke Lopez... It's it's tough to tell guys to take less money. That's why the Lakers are opening up cap space to and, give them those, those And I'm maxes. telling you, he's smart enough to realize both sides of it. That's, and, what, we'll, that's what we'll have to find out. I, I understand your point. Who's more of a capitalist, LeBron James or Brooke Lopez? LeBron James. Who has a like, multi-billion dollar company? Who's the one that you know you don't ever really hear anything outside of basketball? This is this is a Brooke Brooke Lopez. If he's smart, and we get and he's like, all right, we're gonna get one of these stars. Brooke Lopez is smart enough, like, to go and be like, all right, well, I played well last year. I like these guys around me. I'm still gonna be the starting center, and I'm gonna ball out, and we're gonna make a run at this thing in the playoffs. Or or. I could go to the Hornets. I guess they have Dwight now. I could go to the Hawks. Yeah. I go to the Hawks and get max money. And suck. Dudes love their money. I'm just saying, dude. I know. He sucked for long enough with the Nets. Yeah. I think I think that's gonna have an impact on him. Unless okay. unless Zubats has some type of unreal transformation over the next year and becomes like the next young elite center, there's no reason to not resign him. If the money's there, for gotta him, give him for the right price. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just the right price. I don't think. One last thing here. I mean, I don't think he's going to go to the Hornets because you mentioned Dwight there, and Dwight, of course. The Hornets, it was just the first example. thing yeah, that I thought of. I know, I, I'm using it more of a segue for Dwight getting fined for an obscene gesture to a fan. And oh. if, you guys, if you guys want to talk about Dwight, uh, I don't know if you saw the gesture. It was like kind of a, a below the belt sort of thing. Uh, he was fined. I can't really describe it very well, but you have to see the video. Dwight is Dwight. Um, I don't care about Dwight. I don't I mean, care about like, Dwight. Yeah, <laughs> like Lee Jenkins' story on him was cool, and it pretty much told me everything I needed to know. So go read that and. There it is. I don't care about Dwight at all. NFL is crazy this week. There's a lot of fights. Yo, fights on Deckington. Yeah, it was a, a bonkers. Just I don't like. This is really that middle of the season grind. You know, it's kind of like in baseball compared to that 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 August yeah. July sort of like you're rolling through like trying to get this done. And obviously the NFL is a little shorter, only 17 weeks for the season, but. It really felt like teams were realizing that their seasons were about to end, and that's why they're getting frustrated. 
you know, the Buccaneers are just getting smacked up. And there's a Cardinals-Niners fight. Like, I mean, like, yeah, it's just like, like the Mike Evans thing is just so pure frustration. Like, he yeah. apologized. He's like, that was stupid, you know. What Jameis was doing was stupid on top of that. And it's been a rough like, season for the Jameis yeah, apologized the most, today, I think, The most disappointing team in the NFL. So, I, I, yeah. I certainly, I mean, I don't, like, I thought the world of him. I picked Jameis as my fantasy quarterback. I was like, these dudes are They were supposed to go, win. like, 11, they were supposed to have, like, 11 wins this year. At least, at least. I mean, it, was an easy, it was set up for him. But you had that. You had the other fight with A.J. Green where he was just frustrated. Again, another frustrating year for the Bengals, too. Just up and down and just not being what they're supposed to be. But the one thing I just want to say about NFL fights that I've never ever understood. I know exactly what you're saying. I, I agree. Know. Why are you punching people? Why with are you helmets punching on? people? You break in the your helmet. hand, man. They got pads yeah. on. Like when AJ really like reared back and went, I was like, I'm like, no, you're smarter boy. than that. You are hurting yourself. I don't think they take that into account, though. That they, I know, but I'm know? just saying I've seen enough fights where you should be thinking about. Go that. open hand. Like if you want to like yeah. do something, like do an action towards the other person's face or head area. In a fight, open hand, open hand him into the ground. Punch the gut below the the rib cage. Don't you know? punch someone in the helmet. That's the stupidest thing come, you can come, do. Come to cautiously optimistic for your assault advice here. You got that for you. <laughs> I mean, when it's uh, on a sports field, it's fine. Football is literally a game of a thousand assaults. You couldn't yeah. do anything on that field I, I, outside take, the football field. Yeah, literally. my takeaway from it is you don't really see a lot of receivers like big name. Flashy receivers getting into it like that, like we saw. Andre Johnson is the only other one. Yeah, Andre. Andre was a classic. You see a ton of fights like that in the line. I know who, the, the cornerback was Finnegan. Yeah, Cortland Finnegan. There. That was a classic. Cause yeah. he, well, he took the helmet off. <laughs> yeah, see, that's Andre how he Johnson took Cortland's helmet, yeah. helmet off and then went. And I was like, all right. Andre knew he's thinking. He was doing. He's thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that um, to a certain extent. But, you know. <laughs> like, have some smart, if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, like. And, just, and now looking at around the league, Nick, is your team in first place? They are. Are they? Yeah. That's weird because my team's in first place. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to your team. And in what second. about Jesse's team? No, we are not in first place. Hey, let me just talk. Let me just talk. We I just wanted to point that out. I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. Since we're on my team, yeah, the guttiest win of the season. Yeah, true. I Say we have team. going in again last our last week. Yeah, one starting offensive lineman. That guy's playing on two sprained ankles. I said it last podcast. Same scenario here. Yeah, playing on sprained ankles, and he went out in the game. So we were playing on all backups at certain points. In Seattle, the 12th man, <laughs> Russell Wilson, greatest quarterback of all time, all this kind of stuff, handled him. Yeah. Docs comes up, huge Josh Doxson. That's my guy. I couldn't believe they won that game. And that was great. And this is the thing. I mean, I was t- I was tweeting at the end of the game. You know, I, I, I try and hold back because I know if I just start in the first quarter, it's going to be bad. And I'm you, just going to tweet 35 times. Just, I want to <laughs> see more tweets out of you. You don't tweet enough, Jess. That's I know. I try, I, I try to tweet more. But at the end of the game, it was just sitting there. I do. I do. <laughs> Come on. At the end of the game, there it was like, all right, well, he's got the ball. Uh, they need they need a touchdown. They're gonna get it. Yeah. And they went they marched went. down the field, got a touchdown. I was and, like, well. And, and I sure tweeted enough, out, I'm not shocked. I was like, this is exactly what we do. And then I was shocked. Sure enough, on top of that, your team helping Nick's team too, beating the Seahawks. Yeah, that's not allowing the Rams to slide in the first. The place. Rams, man. You know, LA has been. Not really. Fo- I mean, LA is never really focused on the Rams. Yeah, especially right now, Dodgers in the World Series, Lakers season starting up. But the Rams, man, like best start in almost two decades. This is. I think this team is for real. This team that I've been hearing murmurs, little whispers of like Super Bowl contender. I don't want to go that far, but they're they're looking pretty good. One of the best offenses after one of the, being one of the worst offensive teams last year. They just slaughter the Giants, which which isn't saying much. They they played a lot of not very good teams. You know, they beat Jacksonville at Jacksonville. That was sort of a nice win. Uh, they beat Dallas at Dallas. That was a nice win. They're able to hang with Washington, which is yeah. tough to do. <laughs> and Still got the loss. Uh, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be the first to admit they haven't had a lot of 
challenging teams to face. Again, yeah, they're going to get Houston without a quarterback. Maybe next, one next game. playoff team, I think. But after Washington. after this week, after this week, uh, no one team that would be in the playoffs of the season end of the day. Yeah, but just the offense. You know, Jared Goff, four touchdowns. You know, Wentz has been staying in the spotlight. But Goff is hanging with him in terms of the offensive production this season. You got Watkins a touchdown. Robert Woods, a really cool Woody, touchdown. shout out USC. Yeah. Here. Two um, touchdowns. And again, they're playing the, the Texans next week. Uh, good time to play them, obviously. But then after next week, and this will be a nice little segue to your team, Sully. They're going in, up to Minnesota in two weeks. And I'm looking forward to that game. But before we talk about that game, mm-hmm. I want to... I want to hear you talk about your team and the upcoming matchup this okay. week. Can I? I will get to that in a second. Yeah. I just want to say my quick note on the Rams because my view of the Rams is like they're a team in LA, so I have to you know pay attention to a certain degree. And with them and the Chargers, I feel like it has it's kind of like a situation where you know like a mother has two pups and one is just obviously weaker <laughs> and kind of like struggling along. Maybe it's just time to put it out of their misery, and that's the Chargers. Rams Oof. fully embraces the child of LA in my mind. Happy they're here. They were the first ones, that's so that's saying. why everybody's and, still hyped on the Rams here. And they're good, and they just have LA history. I'm so I'm happy the Rams are here now. I think I was a little kind of like, eh, I don't really know about the Rams last year. I think they're good now, and they're certainly embracing the city more. So you, you, you sound just like a typical LA Rams fan, you know? You yeah, embrace I, them when they're good, and well, that's, that's, and that's fine. I'm, that's fine. I'm not, that's fine. I'm not an LA Rams. I know that's what I'm saying. Though. You sound like no, no but I'm okay with what I'm saying more is that the Rams have embraced the city. Yeah. Regardless of being good or bad, I think they're here to stay and they're good to go. Chargers hold. Chargers need to leave. They're winning, so I think yeah. they need the support. It's good to see them have the support, and it's good to see them playing well. That's all I can say. You know, that, that's what they need to capture the attention of LA. Yeah. It's doing good. That. It's good they're having a good year because you need that when you're new to a city. Yeah, and rarely does it happen. You know. Um, but talking about the matchup, that's all you know that we want to talk about coming up. Uh, you guys are gonna get smacked. Um, I don't really know what else is around it. Who? These guys. When the Rams come to Minnesota. Oh, the Rams. Okay. The best defense in the league for a reason. Harrison Smith, at least one interception on Jared Goff. We'll put it down right now. Um, I just don't know why you think you can win that game. You know, why even show up, essentially. But the one thing I want to talk about with the Vikings, you can, you can respond in a second, but is the quarterback situation. Because I don't know what's going to happen. And no one knows what's going to happen. Yeah, Mike Zimmer, is, head coach of the team, does know what's going to happen. When is two gloves coming in? So, Teddy's been cleared to play. And you have three weeks to move him on the active roster from that time. They weren't going to play him in London because the field has like traditionally poor condition. Coming off a non-contact knee injury, probably not the best place to start him. One of the bye week last week. Now we play the Redskins this week. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, you're going to take an L here, but so anyway, hopefully it's Keenum. So that'll be funny. I, I my guess is that it's going to be Case again. I, the tough part is he's playing so well, and I don't think I'd ever be saying that, but Case Kenny was really doing a good job leading the team, not turning the ball over, essentially doing less. You know, it's, it's something I've always said about Vikings quarterbacks when they had this good of a defense, and also when we had AP, now we kind of have a running back by committee. But um, Doing the Alex Smith thing. Yeah, do the Alex Smith thing, dude, and it works. I don't see, you know, maybe not as much for a Super Bowl title, but you got to present an opportunity to get yourself there before you even worry about that. Yeah. So I want to see Teddy in the future, but for this season... I don't know if it's best to put him in over Case right now. And I'm done with Bradford. I don't want to see Bradford. He was I, placed on the IR today, anyway. So. I mean, I yeah. did. I, I'm act, like, he's just so frustrating. And, like, I feel bad for him. I don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how could he not? Like, literally, hurt his, like, just fell and hurt his knee. And now, like, it's just swollen because there's so much scar tissue, he doesn't know what's going to heal. So He was always overrated, though. Like, he was always the guy, like, I mean, yeah, he got hurt a lot. He's not overrated, he just hurt. When he was healthy, like, the first game of the season this year, when his knee felt fine, you saw what he did. He put up 350, three touchdowns. You know how many times he's done that, though? Like, first game of the season, or, like, oh, he starts and, on a new team, plays well for three games? No, and I agree. But then it sucks. But then because he starts getting hit is more so than anything. And I was like, that's obviously you have to take into account. That's part of being in the NFL. 
if you can't handle the wear and tear, that's your knock on your career. But I'm just saying that's the reasoning for it. I think he is a good quarterback who is not healthy enough to be a good quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I'm not saying he's like a star. I'm saying he's like, you know. He was supposed say, to be like the second coming of Christ. I didn't ever think that, but I'm just saying like. When he came in, out of Oklahoma? In NFL, like the saying is in a sense like you either need a great quarterback and a good defense or a good quarterback and a great defense. You know, and he would have been, had he been healthy enough, a good enough quarterback to be on a team with a great defense. And yeah. Win. Well, the Vikings have a great defense. I just want to quickly respond. The best in the league, Nick. Yeah, and uh, the Rams have one of the best offenses in the league, so you know it's going to be a battle of. Uh, it's not will- comparable in a sense because you guys have played no one. Hey, the so they're putting up the numbers. The offense is yeah. working. Putting up the numbers. Numbers are numbers. Awful nice. McVay, when it comes in to a real defensive mind like Mike Zimmer, we'll see how he reacts. I'm excited. It's going to be, is a, be a, is a genius offense. I love Sean strength McVay on strength. Listen, defense it's, like, it's harder for me. Like I can always shut on Washington's team. Never really a fan. Ramps, uh, you know, it's like a little brother in a sense. You know, like, but we've adopted them into the city. I see them at the Coliseum having their fun. I want to make, I want to go to a Rams game. I want to tailgate. I want to do the whole thing. I think it's. But when it comes down to it, in my own life, Vikings are gonna handle a lot of business. In my, in my mind, you say the little brother and Rams little brother. I think this is the moment where the little brother finally beats the older brother in pickup basketball, and it's a big moment in their lives. Yeah. Mark it down in two weeks. That's what's happening. The classic Rams Viking rivalry. Well, yeah, classic. Nothing like it. They finally broke through against the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I get you. That. I, I get what you're saying. I guess you're using an analogy within my own life, which I, I can appreciate to a certain degree, but that I don't think is what's going to happen. It's um, going to be tough also just to see, you know, the Vikings lose to my my skins this week. So, yeah. So, I. Sunday, 10 05. We're going to get you gonna Washington. Are you going to be awake? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't uh, know if I work or anything. Okay. We'll That's a whole other. Well, shout out to Jesse uh, today, waking up really early. We, were, we were, did an early morning session here. Uh, and Jesse, you know, proud of you for, you know, making it up, making it up here. Uh, how do you feel? Are you tired? Uh, yes. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to go to Lucky Boy for breakfast. Oh, can I come with? Uh, of course. Nice. Um, and Nick, I'm, you're not invited. Yeah, Nick oh, is not wow. allowed to come. Just kidding. If I said the uh, Vikings were going to beat the Rams, would, would I be invited? Okay, well, that's just... No, no, you're not allowed. You're more not allowed Yeah, I kind of like lose a little respect at that point. No, don't worry. I'm I'm making the Rams the lock that week anyway, preemptively, so don't worry (laughs) about that. I figured it. Speaking of locks and upsets... um, I'll start it off if you'd like. Start us. Um, I think we're going to have the same game as our lock. (laughs) Different (laughs) results. (laughs) So my lock this week, if you can believe it, is going to be the Vikings. Okay. They're going to be... Playing the Red, uh, the Washington team, <laughs> and uh, we are at home for that bad boy. I know. I was you're coming into you're coming into FedEx. FedEx Field, ever daunting. In beautiful Landover, Maryland. God, I don't know. I've never been. That's but so weird. I really would like to go to so, Maryland. So weird. And go to a game. Um, and then my upset this week. It's gonna be the Falcons over the Cowboys. If you want to call an upset, I think it's kind of you know. What's the, the line? I think that's that's what I go with with. Upsets. So what's the more line? than three is my. I, my guess, rule. I mean, the Falcons. And who's favored? Like my quick like look on the website, like it says the Falcons are favored, but that doesn't make a ton of sense to me coming off their weeks that they're having, right? I mean, I'll pick a different one if we want to go by the books. I don't think it's a hard and fast rule, but for me personally, I, it has to be the spread has to be three or more. For okay. You guys go. I'll come back to my upset thing. Okay. I don't know what the spread is, but that doesn't, that doesn't have to be a rule. That's, that's just what I that's, do. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um. So I'll I'll go here and say that my lock is going to be. Washington at wow. home beats the Vikings. Shocker, um, crazy. I know. My upset here. Wait, what is this? Is it how many weeks in a row have you made the Washington team your lock? Actually, yeah. I didn't last week. Oh really? 
They're they my upset. The they they were, made the Rams. Yeah. Well, I had two upsets last okay. week. And I respect Both them. of them were correct. They were. I'm just going to throw you guys, out there. You guys gained the game on me. Respect to you guys. Um, my Chip upset this week is a team that has not won a game yet this year. The Niners are going to go ahead and beat the Giants this week. I thought about that. Yeah. I think that, that could happen. That's pretty sad for the Giants. It's they're, CJ beat hard. You know, it's probably his last attempt at, at the starting job. I don't know if they're going to put Jimmy G. That's the other question. I think he got hit 16 times last week. I think he's got some pressure, though, with Jimmy G behind him, where he's like, well, now i gotta, I got to perform. I don't even know if it's pressure. It's like it's kind of like the long walk when you know you're going to get executed. You know, like He knows Jimmy G's job is like literally his next year. Well, he's next just, year, but he's sitting there he's like, well, i got to perform still. He's going to perform for his own benefit. Yeah. But as far as the 49ers go, he could literally just go out there and hand it off 60 times a game. All right, Nick. Uh, yeah, uh... So it looks like I'm going to make two locks in a row with the same team, and it's the Rams. And this week it's the Rams against the Texans. I think, like I said before, they're catching some of these teams at good times, and this is no exception. Uh, it should be an easy win for the Rams, hopefully. That's my lock. I don't know. Tom Savage. Yeah. You know, one, yeah. one career that's, touchdown that's, pass? That's, that's scary. Two? Yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I'm still taking it as the lock. Uh, and then the upset, sticking with the L.A. theme, giving a little love to the team that you kind of – Trash a little bit, but deservedly so. That's the Chargers. I'm gonna give them a nod here, winning in Jacksonville. Uh, the Rams were able to win in Jacksonville. I think the Chargers can continue the LA trend to win in Jacksonville. Um, I think, you know, Chargers show some fight sometimes. So, no, it definitely makes sense that the Chargers are gonna go to the East Coast and beat one of the best defenses in the league. I think yeah, right upset. that's how they got their first one. Besides the defense part, upset pick. Upset pick is what is what it is. So, yeah. Um, um, Saxonville, baby. This is tough. I'm gonna, you know, put this up as you know, subject to change within the next probably you know 24 hours. But I'm gonna go Cardinals over the Seahawks. Ooh, I don't mind that. Wow. Uh, I kind of like the way the Cardinals, just because Palmeris has no mobility at all. I, that's the thing that's shocking to me is like the league and like people wonder why he keeps getting hurt and taking all these hits. It's like, well, he can't run away from anything. Any yeah. of us could track him down from behind easily. Um. Seahawks aren't that great this year. And yeah, the Seahawks are not as good. They're supposed to have the dominant front seven or eight, however you want to look at it, and they just haven't played as well. Short week on the road. Short week on the road. Adrian Peterson coming off the best game of the year. Grounded pound. You know, they gave him the ball 35 times. Your boy, Adrian Peterson. Your boy. You said that. Adrian Peterson in my life is only matters because he's my starting fantasy running back. Oh, you you got him? I picked him up, yeah. He's been killing you. <laughs> I felt bad doing it because I tried. That's like the last person I would expect to pick up AP this year. I know, but I had to because I had lost everyone. Yeah, I had nothing. Yeah, I dropped him. Oh, good luck to me. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to you. When he was with the Saints, I was like, I, I need, I need this yeah, room for somebody I'm really else. Glad that I can't do it. That was also once again the best trade of the year, and the trades worked perfectly for both sides. Yeah. Saints now six and two. Adrian Peterson having a resurgence. And we're actually going to bring in a quick guest of the podcast. Resident Patriots fan, unabashed Patriot fan, Henry Moffley, to talk about his team, how they're doing uh, on their title defense here. Henry's a guy who will always defend the Patriots, always defend his boy Tom, and we're going to talk to him right now for a little uh, quick segment on the Patriots by a Patriots fan. Sorry if you're annoyed by this, but uh, that's what Patriots fans do, right Henry? When it comes to when it comes to touchdown Tommy, I think he's got at least two, if not three, quality years left in the tank. I mean, the guy... Really, his biggest weakness this year has been his receivers dropping passes. I think he has the most dropped passes of a quarterback in the entire NFL in terms of what his weapons are. Um, I mean, that may sound like an excuse, but I mean, I think the guy is still in the greatest shape of his life. 
Um, Excuse me? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. At 40 years old, he is he is more, I the think... Great, so he's in a better shape now. He's in better shape now than he was when he was 28. I mean, you can say a 28-year-old Brady versus a 40-year-old Brady, which one would you take? I mean, a 28-year-old Brady. Realistically, though, Brady's success has been about his longevity and his weapons. You know, which weapons at which time would you take? You know? Like, uh, I think... He won a Super Bowl with David, David Gibbons and Dion Branch. Yeah. And like, he's won Super Bowls without great weapons. And you're telling me 28 year old Brady with you know Randy Moss on his team for that year it doesn't go for you know the same type of season every year. I mean, every do you guys remember what he's Brady. done in the last two out of three years? Do you remember that? Like the last two or three years, like. Is what's your point? Well, I mean, like he's won Super Bowls like in his late 30s. That's no more like, time. We're talking about Super Bowl at age 37. He won a Super Bowl at age 39. He's like he has that gas still in his tank. This specific discussion was about yeah. what shape is he in? Yeah. The, that Again, should no, be Patriots a total way, reflection you bring about the, the shape that he is in. He's just he, he's putting out like books on you know self help and diet and the TB12 method. The guy has <laughs> the TB12 method. The guy has a system. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't respect, think anybody that's not a Patriots respect, fan has ever realistically yeah. called him TB12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, you're just saying off air. You know. Possibly one Von Miller hit away from an injury, and he's he is old. He, he, he whatever the TB12 method is, he is old. Playing the Broncos coming up here, uh, traded Jimmy Garoppolo. What, what's the situation? There's not a lot of depth behind him. Well, I didn't even. There, there's he, like no depth. There's a Brian, one Brian Hoyer. But I didn't even know they had Hoyer actually. Yeah. Until today. Well, Brian Hoyer just came back into the fold. Um, I think that we could have number one got more out of that uh, trade than what we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you, you panicked a little bit. There, questionable right? move by Belichick, but I mean, at the same oh, time, yeah. the guy yeah. has always preached that he is in fact uh, three three syllables here, uh, and that is pliable. Tom Brady is pliable. <laughs> And when he takes a hit, he knows how to take a hit. He is not only preparing himself physically in his diet and his exercise, but he's preparing himself mentally. Each time he takes that field, he prepares himself for those hits. Was he, he not takes doing, the hits. Was he not doing that the year that he tore his ACL and missed the entire season? Either way, he was not. I don't think he was on the TV 12 method then. The oh, okay. TV 12 method that just, I just did not to, exist. I just wanted to clarify was that. Was Alex Guerrero in the picture then? I don't know. Who knows? I don't, know. I don't even know who that I is. I don't know who Alex yeah. Guerrero is. His guru. Brady's guru, his health That's guru. That's someone I certainly hope I never meet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's even been talk that uh, Belichick and Guerrero are kind of like at odds like with how Tom is, you know, preparing. What are some of the foods that Tom can't eat anymore? I don't think he eats strawberries. That's what it is. Yeah, strawberries. Because they're like, yeah, they're too acidic or something like that and it's bad yeah. for inflammation. Mm-hmm. That's like his whole thing is about anti-inflammatory diets. And so he only like, doesn't eat strawberries and stuff like that. You can inflame these nuts. I think that the guy, though, is very physically and mentally prepared. I mean, like, he doesn't do a lot no, of scrambling right. outside of the pocket. No I mean, one's you look at Aaron Rodgers' injury. No one's questioning his mental capacity. I think that's obviously been proven. To, well, mental and physical. But physically, he's 40 years old. Physically, he's he is in not in the same place. inarguable. Like, Brett Favre mentally is still 23 and thinks he can go out there. But he's not. You know, and, but and do, you watch, do you watch these games each week? Do you see how the guy pops up every time he takes a hit. Do you see the look on his face? I, do say, I, I honestly do think there is something to Tom Brady being a way, in way better shape than most people his age, most football players his age. And he, he just came off the Super Bowl in one of the greatest performances ever. Yeah, I mean, he's old. He's, you know, older than most guys, but come on, what, you can't really argue with what he's done. 
We were again. We're not trying to argue. Well, you're arguing. Just, I don't remember any time that I said nope. They didn't win those Super no, Bowls. Nick, literally, we started this conversation. You said, "Hey, bring yeah, Henry on," healthy. and we're and the it's question healthy. I had it's was, healthy. "Hey, how many years does he have left?" We're not talking about he's health. Yeah, I'm saying, but but you it's guys all, are all related. Two years left. He doesn't have. A it's lot. all related. Yeah, you guys. You guys. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. No matter how good a shape you keep in, there's a certain you know maximum capacity you can reach at your age. I mean, six and two at the bye. I think that uh, speaks volumes. I mean, I didn't. Uh, yeah, playing in the worst division in football. Are you, are you concerned I, with the defense? <laughs> Am I concerned about the defense? I mean, here, how about this? You yes, want, you want to put a I bet am. down? Brady doesn't win another ring his whole career. Uh, yeah, I'll put I'll, I'll put that bet down that he does win another bet. Win oh, another I was ring. hoping that you do that. Yeah, he's, I'm saying I, that he will never win another one. He's gone for six, if not seven. What are the stakes? It's so how he's, we're doing, so we're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast. He's got, he's got, if he's got two years, so you're saying the Patriots win in the next two years? I mean, we'll yeah. come up with a wager later, but yeah. 100% I'll take that bet. Like, no, there's that no chance. That Remember the beginning win. of his career when he won three out of four years? Yeah, the with the Bulls? best defense of the league almost? Uh, I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of next men up in that lineup, the Patriots lineup. I mean, we, we may have had Dante and Hightower knocked down, but I don't think that that's the end of the defensive move. I mean, we still, we've got, you know, Patricia. What is Patricia's going to move in and do something about that? We've got Dante Scarnecki on the offensive side, you know, <laughs> practicing the offensive line and making them better and protecting Brady better. I think that Brady's been a little better protected than he was last season. You know, you have weaknesses every season, but you have to trust in the Bill Belichick school of Jedi arts and yeah. what he can do to protect being a piece of shit, we get it. Yeah, I understand how Belichick works. It makes sense. Yeah. He's like the most Patriots. Yeah. Well, that's, I ever wanted that, to. That, that's, <laughs> Nick, just in my life, not Nick, even on the podcast. Nick, Nick brought this. Nick brought this to Boston. We like, needed it. We needed it. Uh, no, we didn't need it. I didn't, didn't ever need that in my life. That was so Boston. Yeah. You always it was pretty, some of the fucking shittiest talk I've ever heard on this podcast, right there. <laughs> well, that's that's. But we appreciate uh, it either way. Defending Super Bowl champion, uh, you know, New England Patriots. Wearing the Super Bowl champion shirt. That's, that, that's Henry for the Patriot minute, Patriot five minutes, whatever you want to call it. We appreciate you stopping on cautiously optimistic, Henry, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that bet. Touchdown, Tommy, coming from number six. <laughs> Wow, that was, yeah. So I know we are all still recovering from the Dodgers' loss, but we're just going to need some quick baseball notes here. Unfortunately, again, it's not something that we love talking about or anyone loves talking about, but Roy Holiday passed away just the other day. Um, to me, I guess in my mind, Roy Holiday, I sent out a tweet about it, just someone I had always watched um, and someone I admired from a distance because you didn't really get to see him too much as an LA fan until he played on the Phillies, and then he was really just a you know a nuisance to us because of how dominant he was. Um, he is you know you just heard all the stories the last you know day now two days when this podcast comes out about what a guy he was and the work ethic he had. The guy who was always there first, always the you know last one to leave. Um, that was always someone that I always admired just for that sense, a quiet dominator. Um, and it's just so sad to see him go. I think only 40 years old. Um, so many memories of him throwing in big games, uh, especially in Toronto, and, and working so hard, and then finally breaking through in Philadelphia to get the World Series ring. Um, just gone too soon. Some a big part of the childhood too. One of the most dominant pitchers of our our childhood. Yeah, I just want to same thing, Sully. Just uh, exactly what you just said. One of the best pitchers of our childhood. The dude who was always that guy in the American League, and then he comes to the Phillies. Handles the Dodgers every time he every time he faces them is he's like yep that's Roy Holiday that's what he's been doing for his entire career can't do anything about it seemed like a really good guy from what we've been hearing in the past few days since he passed in the tragic plane crash um, something that I didn't see until they were kind of doing some tributes to him was the funny moment when he 
uh, saw that fan with the Roy Halladay jersey on and took a picture of him, photobombing him. Yeah, dude, did, dude didn't even recognize him. But yeah, it's really sad. I mean, obviously, you know, he was really excited about the new plane he got. Died doing what he loved. Uh, it's just, it's you know, you're in shock when you hear it. And uh, I don't know, Jesse, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just to echo exactly what you guys are saying, it's tough. I mean, growing up watching him dominate us, it's just like, it's. T- I mean, it, you don't want to see. You never wanted to see Roy Halladay pitch. No. Because it was against us, and we we're probably going to take the L that day. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's tough, man. You know, it's 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 always kind of shocking when an athlete like that dies, like someone who is almost godly to a certain sense. You watch him on the field, watch him be so dominant throughout their entire life, and you just remember just all people when it comes down to it. Um, certainly a sobering moment yesterday. Um, so rest in peace, Roy Holiday. Hopefully in a better place now. Um, and we'll get to some Dodgers talk really quick just for the offseason. Um, I'm super, super upset because Andre Ethier is done as a Dodger. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about Forsyth, which I'm, I'm excited oh, about. I'm very excited about <laughs> yeah, that. I'm excited I just want to say got... I'm like really, really upset about Andre Ethier. All right, so we know how you feel about Andre. Really, you know, you know how I feel about Andre. Uh, they they made it official. Dodgers did not they did not pick up his option for 2018. Instead, bought him out for two point. I don't I don't mind letting him go. Honestly, I mean, it's obviously the right move. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it was the right move. But you know, I'm I'm always gonna have that spot for Ethier. You know, of the times, the memories that walk off home runs. You know, whatever he wherever, however he was as a person, I still he still was a part of a lot of fun memories for me as a Dodger fan. So. They did not pick up the $17.5 million contract. Instead, bought him out for $2.5 million. They did bring back Logan Forsyth on an $8.5 million option for next year, which I like. You know, Don't have a lot of options there at second base. Traded, traded away Willie Calhoun. Chase that lead is done, or so it seems. So, you know, Forsyth's a solid option. He was he really turned it on there in the playoffs at the end of the year. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. What I was mad about, though, just when I was getting over uh, the Dodger, Dodgers' loss in the World Series, I, I was watching SNL and, you know, of course... George Springer, Altuve, and Bregman appear on SNL. They're and, everywhere this week. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're at Disneyland, SNL, all over the place. And it was actually funny. I was watching the press conference from Freeman and Zaidi, and Zaidi actually said how disappointed he was that the line is so thin from, on one side, having your players on SNL, on the other side, sitting here doing the somber press conference. And it really was that that line was so thin, you know, just win game seven, and Dodger Cody, would done, Cody probably would have been on SNL, and it would have been a fun time. But no. Didn't happen. Made me sad. Cody was nominated for Rookie of the Year. He's going to win that. Kirsch, another Cy Young nomination. And Dave Roberts, Manager of the Year. Yeah. I Probably just the way it looks, I think Cody's probably going to be the only one that brings home the actual hardware. Kershaw's inning amount is probably what's going to hold him back because the writers love, love, love that. So it's probably going to... I don't know. It's tough. I think it's probably going to be Scherzer. Yeah. But... I think uh, Dave Roberts could have a chance at back-to-back Manager of the Year. That, see, that is like the most weirdly picked award I think to a certain degree because like you look obviously Dodgers won 104 games he was the best manager he should be yeah. the manager of the year but they go with oh like they improved the team so much or they did the best job with what their team did Dave Roberts took a team that you know had a lot of guys that probably weren't supposed to be the way they were like you know I like Chris Taylor and turned them into the best team in maybe the last 10 years that didn't win a World Series I think that's I think that's a good point. I mean, yeah. you got like the Chris Taylor is a big a big part. I mean, Cody changing the team so much, him calling him up so early, like mm-hmm. all these kind of things are reasons yeah. why Dave deserves it. In the same sense of last year, I mean, dealing with injuries, same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Last year, I think he got it because they played well all year, yeah. but because of how he managed the roster, and I yeah. think that's another reason why Dave should get so, it this year. Yeah, that's tough because you really could make the argument for Dave, but he'll probably end up going to. The name escaped me, but Arizona's manager is probably going to be the one to win it, I would say. He's one of the three yeah. nominees, right? I mean, I don't know who else would. 
Yeah, from that. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, isn't um, it? Isn't the Rockies manager in there? Oh yeah, I, I think that's either one of those two would be the the good choice. I think. Yeah, we talked about Verlander a little bit last week. Marion Kate Upton as soon as you know it ends. We all have our opinions on that. You can listen to last week's episode. The one thing we didn't get to last week because it wasn't out when we recorded the podcast was that he skipped the parade to go to the wedding. Do you guys care about it all? Because that was the biggest thing. Like you had all these angry Twitter trolls like respect to you but like if i was that woman like i would let my husband you know soon to be husband enjoy the parade other people are like fuck you it's not your life let him get married you know, this well, is the biggest let him get married and, and who who are they who's anybody to say that it was kate upton saying no you can't go to the parade we have to yeah. go get married right now yo let him There's a lot of planning goes into a wedding man yeah i'm sure but i'm saying like yeah he could like if he wanted to go get married go get married i don't yeah. care I mean, that's his life i don't that, care the funny thing is that they had this plan before so they obviously didn't think they're gonna be playing <laughs> at that time of the year when he was on the tigers so that makes sense you know they would have made the plans when he was with astros but who cares it's his life i don't care you know? yeah as like a fan you can have those opinions about verlander and being like you know old crotchety twitter people like that in real life you know whatever uh i think at the same time though i think that what i said last week on the podcast how i didn't have much beef with a lot of the Astros players like Correa mm-hmm. and Bregman and all those guys, Altuve, like likable guys. I said Verlander was more like a hired gun for the playoff run, which he was. And, you know, he doesn't really join in the parade, which he was only there for two months, doesn't join in the parade. And it kind of well, goes. Well, next year. Well, yeah, I'm saying like, it kind of goes, goes in line with. As, uh, as a fan's perspective, this is a fan's perspective. Okay, I get you. Uh, so it kind of shows like he was never truly part of that team. He was kind of brought on in the end. Obviously, he was a big part of it. He won a lot of games and helped him get to where they got to. But. It just it, there's a separation there from the guys who were homegrown, been there for years, through all the losing, compared to a guy who's just brought on at the end of August to be that mercenary, and then doesn't yeah, go to the parade. I mean that's certainly true. I don't think I think those thoughts are separate. I don't think <laughs> like you know obviously like, he didn't go to the parade. He wasn't like you know I was only here for a couple months. I don't think. Well, I know that's that's the narrative they can. Huge that's the lens part. you can look through it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean that's just the way sports teams work. These guys, a lot of them know each other in the off season. They're all you know technically coworkers, so. Not to say that it was just some guy that had no idea who he was. Like there are probably some people on the team that knew him, familiar with him at least, playing against him both in the AL. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I guess there there certainly isn't a brotherhood that you look at Altuve and Correa and Springer have just because they've been together, grinding the minor leagues and gone through all those years. Um, quickly, just to end baseball, Sports Illustrated did something with the Reds where they said the next franchise, give it up, dude. You're not yeah, gonna, you're yeah. not going to give it a right again. All right, like. They said like Reds twenty twenty. See that? <laughs> and I was oh, like, and I'm like, for the Reds. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah, Scott Shoveler gonna haunt the Dodgers. I, I mean, for, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> First off, like, if any team's gonna do it, it's gonna be the White Sox because they have every prospect yeah. in the goddamn world. And second, like, don't get ahead of yourself, Sports Illustrated. Like, don't act like you didn't put best team ever, and just because you put a question mark, now you're like free from that Dodger cover. They're playing both sides of it and taking the uh, the best side when they're right. Yep. And now it's time for the fast food flavor. Fast food, 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 fast this shouldn't work. You know, this yeah. is crazy. This is insane. But is it crazy enough to work? <laughs> so I took myself down to a wiener schnitzel. Where is that the closest? sounds very weird. Yeah, I don't know. I actually went to the one in Burbank when I was on my way okay. uh, to do some other things, but um, the closest one, there's one There's one over here uh, yeah. near our Eagle Rock Studios here. Um, and so then 
I go in, and my first initial thought, looking at them, there's three different ones. There's a classic, a uh, green chile, and another one that I'm forgetting, the most expensive one. It was... I didn't even so it wasn't what you got exactly, but there are three different prices. The classics three twenty nine, green chile is three sixty nine, and then the other one is three eighty nine. For one, that was my first thought. Wow, these are expensive. There must be multiple. I get up to the front. Hey, uh, how many do you get in the tamales? Because the promotional banner says tamales yeah. plural. Yes. And I said, how many? And they go, oh, you get one. And I was like, for the and I was like, all right, well, I'm definitely only getting the three twenty nine <laughs> one now. So I just got one. Um, I was like, all right, well, it'll be big. You know, it'll be big. Open up the box. Smaller than a hot dog. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, and so my first two reactions, tough. Yeah. Tough. <laughs> like, too, first too tough. Too tough. Too tough. doing tough. tamales is tough. Yeah, yeah. That initial thought, tough. Yeah. And then proven tough, proven tough. Yeah, you never really see the German-Mexican fusion on the mainstream there, but hey, they went it's for it. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. And then so the other thing is in the classic one, you would imagine it'd just be like a nice, just regular tamale. They just doused it in chili cheese. And I was uh, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. You know? So, I mean, the next thing, I'll, I will say this. I want to get the green chili. It seems more tamale-ish. Yeah. And, you know, I got to <laughs> try that traditional one. traditional as a wiener schnitzel tamale can be. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I went there, but got the classic doused in chili. Not chili. Doused in chili cheese. Chili cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's even smaller under the layer of chili cheese mm. than I thought. The actual tamale part, it's not bad. You know, it's uh, when you're all things considered. It's not like a boilist. No, exactly. It's not a traditional tamale. It's not a, a good tamale. But yeah. when you're thinking about, hey, this is from a fast food spot that serves hot dogs. Not bad. In that sense, yeah. Um, you know, Nick loves stars. But yeah, at the end of the day, like overall, that's a lot of toughs that you've heard. <laughs> tough here, tough there. Um, and the best thing I said about it was the tamale part isn't bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think you know where this is trending. Yeah. No surprise here that the tamale from Wiener Schnitzel is not getting a good review from the Dollar Menu Wizard. Um, I'm gonna give it a five. Wow, that's higher than I thought you'd go. Uh, five. Wow. And being I'm, generous. I'm yeah. being I'm being generous because I'm comparing wow. it to what it should be, and or like what what yeah. what, See, what your a, highest I'm, I'm expectation. Comparing it, I'm yeah. comparing it to what it like what a fast food tamale I think would taste like, mm-hmm. and. With everything, and it's just like it's overpriced for the size, and like it's not a bad tasting thing. That's tough. But it's just not a tamale. That's tough. Yeah, you know, I like stars, and usually a five star is a good thing. Not on a <laughs> no, 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 not, not on a ten star scale. Yeah, five though. out of ten. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. When you hear five star, you think it's good, but not right now. And I, I I'm sorry you had to deal with that. I appreciate you for going and checking it out. It's it was, one it was, thing it was like brought to us by our friend of the podcast, Baseball Frank. So we had to do it. One of the things yeah. I was hearing as well, and you know, when you hear something like that, one of those crazy things. It's one of the things that Taco Bell kind of changes the game they're so innovative that other these people have to you know try and respond yeah and you know you get to it and it's, it's maybe crazy enough to work yeah not in this situation this nick would you do a keg stand of ketchup we got the ranch keg you heinz because there's the one here heinz just made the ranch keg and then so you got a ketchup keg i saw that would you would you do would you <laughs> the keg stand with just ketchup yeah, yeah. just ketchup you know I wouldn't be completely opposed to it. I think what would have to happen is give me like a chicken strip or something or some fries in my mouth already and something the, the ketchup would help wash it down. Of course, you know, that, I would have to be in a situation. That's, so, that's such a disgusting thought. <laughs> like, literally Let me just, just like, wash this down with my, ketchup. In my throat. I was like, oh my God. Like that just sounds <laughs> awful. That's like a form of torture. 
Uh, but no, I did see, uh, if you guys checked our Twitter page, it, it appears, what was the company that put, put out that keg? Uh, that was Hidden Valley. Hidden Valley. The Hidden only Valley. stop for ranch. Yeah, Hidden if Valley. If you're getting ranch and it's not Hidden Valley, I don't know what yeah. you're doing. I mean, then you got some discount bougie stuff. Yeah. Ranch with the ranch kegs and Hidden Valley. I like the, I like the play. Uh, I don't know when that would ever be necessary, but, you know, they're capitalists. They got to do what they got to do. So If I, like, it was really rich, I'd buy it. But it... <laughs> For what, like, what the expiration date for, like, a keg? For, like, a giant picnic or something? Like, (laughs) no, just, like, personal use. You know, like, I really like ranch, and I feel like it's one of those condiments that you pour out a lot, and you never end up using as much as you normally do. So having a gallon of it would be pretty beneficial in that sense. That's true. One of those things... I love ranch, though. Let me get that straight. I I love ranch. I was at Wingstop yesterday, and, you know, they give you the little ranch thing. What does that mean, dude? Always for ranch. But I always, like, I get the ranch, but then I, I never finish it. But then, like, I'm not going to, like, put it back into my fridge. That's what I mean. Then you got also the sauce, whatever you're dipping in. So it's kind of like a, a new sauce in a certain degree. Yeah. Ranch is wild. Anyway, this has been the fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. This is the end of the show where we get our super hot, interesting takes or shout outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we got a shout out and we got a take. Uh, so we're going to start here with Silly. Because yeah. he's got a shout out for us. <laughs> there you go. I got a shout out. Uh, just a quick one, you know. Everyone loves college basketball. I know you guys love college basketball. We love college basketball. We do. We do. Uh, my favorite part of the season, maybe, is when Chico State goes and plays the school in the Pac-12. And they did this this past week. So I just want to give a shout-out to them real quick. Uh, all the young kids still grinding. A 10-point loss to Stanford, which in my mind just says that Chico could probably honestly play in the Pac-12 and be like a low to mid-level team because they're one of the best D2 teams in the nation. Um, and actually, I'm just going to roll with this into a take, an extremely early take, and probably one that comes with no research, but that's when the best takes come. Um, the second team that Chico played was Arizona, and they got absolutely dominated. And I don't think that it has ever happened to a Chico team that's gone down to any D1 school before. They lost by like 35 points. And watching them play that game, Arizona's going to win the NCAA basketball championship. Season. Wow! Oh, sizzling early a day. pre-first game. A day before the season wow. starts. Just to let you guys know. Bear, Sully bearing down, I guess. Wow. Alonzo Trier, the real deal. Now he's a beast. He's a man. I know you obviously have high expectations for the Trojans this year. I also have experience seeing Arizona yeah, play. Yeah, I mean that these guys, and that's what I mean. Just looking at the team last year, that was number three and had a top, you know, a lottery pick and marking in. And this team is so much better on Arizona this year. Um, I've never really been a big Arizona guy, so I'm really gassing them up for the first time. But you know, I gotta show a fellow Wildcat some love. So, I respect uh, it. Whenever, uh, yeah. whenever a team beats Chico by thirty-five, you gotta crown them champions. So, <laughs> Nick, do you understand how this goes? I do. I do. I, can't, salty, I, I think because they, Santa Clara and Chico played. Yeah. There's a reason you don't know, schedule. Yeah, Chico I can't. I can't talk. Season. I can't talk. I don't know when the University of Laverne matchup is happening, but uh, <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> we should go to Laverne. <laughs> I really don't want to. Watch <laughs> I went to one Santa Clara basketball game. It was. It was, it was one early game. It was around this. It was yeah. this. I think it was this weekend, uh, four years ago. It was weekender. Mm-hmm. I got a, sh- a snap from that game. It, it was this weekend because I got a on this date on a Facebook look back, and it was you visiting me at Santa Clara for, for today. So it was it was, with, it was with Big Carl Carlson. <laughs> big Carl. Big yeah. Carl was there. Yeah, he, he actually attended the game with That's us. That's I remember getting a yeah. Snapchat yeah. from you guys with Big Carl. Shout um, out Big Carl. Shout yeah. Out so Carl. I, yeah, that was that was a fun weekend. Um, but yeah, I respect the take and I respect the shout out. I have a take, and I've had a similar take before, but. It was, it was in baseball, I believe. This is a basketball take regarding NBA jerseys. And I don't know what the deal is, but the, I've been watching the season this year, and it seems like every team is wearing a road jersey, no matter what, where they are, who they're playing. Like, two road, t- two teams are having road jerseys against each other. For example, or, or home jerseys. It's weird. 
don't know what the deal. I, I, I miss, I'm a, I'm a Jersey traditionalist, I think I've talked about this, but I miss when it was just a home white and a road dark, you know? Uh, and the Lakers, the Lakers haven't even, even it's been, what, 10 games? They haven't worn their purple jersey yet. That's the thing, is they, Lakers are the biggest defender of not wearing white at home, because they've never worn it. They, all, they, they have those white jerseys. Yellow. I'm saying yellow for Lakers, anyway. Like yellow but yeah, but, but that's just, that's not traditional to even begin with. But I get that's you. That's true. You want like, the, you want they the wear basics. whites on Sundays. I'm talking about, yeah. I'm talking about uh, just the, this home jersey versus the road jersey. I get you, yeah. You want the, the Lakers yellow or the other I never white. It, sorry, I don't mean like take take here, but like, why home didn't get to wear the color? That seems like it'd be more fun. That was always a football thing, right? Football, football, NFL, home team. Yeah, that's I mean. Yeah. That always made more sense to me. But I, I guess I respect. I, I, just, I, I just miss the days like when it was Lakers at home in the in the yellows, on the road in the purples, on Sundays in the whites, and I've, I've never been a fan of the Hollywood night black jersey. That I don't, I don't like, like those. those. But, I like the jerseys like outside season, the court. But this like, season, I'm seeing like I don't like those either. This season, I'm seeing you know like a. First it was time. like the, the Thunder and the Celtics played. There was like a blue jersey versus a green jersey. Yeah, it's a I kind of like, like it. It's a color rush. I don't like color rush. I don't, I don't, no, I don't like color rush. I, I always thought, and like I, I love the purple Laker jerseys. Those are great. But I always kind of like get this like deep just happiness when the Lakers go on the road and wear their home jersey. It's I feel like that's just a baller move. It's such a baller move. It's see, like, yo, like we're going to go, but we're going to wear our home jerseys. See, I, I, like I kind of like that because they're wearing their white so yeah, we can wear our yellows. It's, the, yeah, it's, it's a big, it's a big bald move, you know? Yeah. It's like, I love the purples like, too, but are the, we are the, uh, the crown jewel of this league. <laughs> yeah. We'll wear our homes. We're going to wear our first. home jerseys. Because you're not good enough. If you were better then you would tell us something, but you can't tell us anything. I see that. I think the new rule is something like the home team gets to choose whatever they want and the road team has to adjust in a contrasting style, but even that rule I've seen been broken already this year. Like teams are not following that rule. I saw like the Lakers are going to play the Celtics. Hey, what, what? A white and a gold jersey are too similar in yellow and white. No, I can tell the difference. I think it's too like bright color, like white and yellow. That's not. It's not dissimilar. It's a clear difference between those two. I don't. I... Also, don't mind the ads. No, I, I thought I was gonna dislike them more, but like the way they're like positioned, you get they're positioned yeah. and they're small, and you get the the right yeah, colors. I just don't want to, nice. to go to like the soccer role. Yeah, like the don't ads, get crazy. Like, like are literally the jersey, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't even see the name, but like the Cavs one looks so good. Yeah, it looks the Lakers one looks great. The, the, yeah, wish, the Lakers one looks some good. of them are doing it bad because they have like a block, and it's like like the Lakers look great because like the color scheme all works. Yeah, you got to get the color scheme right. So yeah. Anyway, that's been episode thirty-seven, the Ron Artest episode. Shout out to him once again. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Covered a wide spectrum in the sports world today. Uh, so don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our podcast. One thing I want to say, go and rate and leave a comment too. We haven't been suggesting that, but yeah, I need yeah. you. I was looking through them the other day. I want you guys to go on there and just, you can write about anything. Give me your wildest dreams. Give yeah. me whatever you want. Just write something in that box and give, give us, us some, five give stars. Give us some hot takes or some shout-outs. Yeah, you can say that like you hate ketchup. You can say whatever you want. You <laughs> know? It's a fact. Just subscribe. Do what you do. We love you. And we'll see you again. I specialize in everything that can't be done. Ain't no more talk about it. Moment of sounds for the champ.